And good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Eurofolk Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. And uh, who knows what this program's meant to do anymore. <laughs> anyway, we uh, invite you to check out the websites, Your DIY Health, Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do it yourself, H-E-A-L-T-H, YourDIYHealth.com, and our sister site, YourDIYWealth.com. Uh, pretty much the same site, just change the H to a W and you're there. Hit the cap, hit the uh, hyperverse tab and there you will find videos teach you how to take advantage of the crypto industry without having to worry about market volatility, how you can capitalize on the next mega trend that's going to be bigger than the internet and, and mobile phone revolutions combined, and how you can become a, co a part of the dynamic hyper community and experience the incredible membership benefits. And they are incredible. I encourage you to check those things out. If you have any questions, hit the contact me button. It gives you a chance of calling and leaving a message or sending a um, email. And uh, either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours. And we'll do everything we can to get you on the right track and get your questions answered. So, sounded like it was a really cool show before. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was doing my, uh, my morning show over on Ex-Wife Number 3, as Roger likes to call it. And because of that, I didn't get a chance to hear it, uh, but it sounded pretty interesting towards the end. Everything was uh, kind of up in the air, and uh, kind of the way we started, I didn't have my stuff set up because I wasn't paying attention to what I should have been paying attention to. But we are here, and we're cooking now. And uh, if anybody wants to enlighten me as to what we were talking, what you guys were talking about, um, it sounded like it was the coming food shortages and all that kind of stuff, which is kind of what I talked about on my morning show. Uh, but if anybody wants to jump in and uh, fill in the gaps for me, I'd appreciate it because maybe we'll just continue the discussion. Who knows? Um, you know, it was, uh, sounded pretty interesting. And uh, especially, I believe it was Lynn uh, in, uh, I didn't catch where she was at, but she's got, what, three um, freeze dryers going all the time, which you know, sounds like a busy person, uh, but a smart person at that, uh, getting things ready because the stuff that's coming is... Uh, like they were saying, it ain't going to end soon, and it may very well outlive some of us. Uh, entirely possible. All I know is I am not going to the camps, and if they try and force me, then uh, basically it'll all end right here, um, one way or another. But uh, I'm not going to respond to UN troops with anything other than uh, uh, preemptive strikes, you might say, and uh, whatever else comes along. I'm staying here. This is where my stand will be. <laughs> and uh, I will not acquiesce. I will die on my feet before I will live on my knees. And uh, that's what they're trying to get us to do. Everything is pointing towards uh, massive food shortages. Um, you know, we've got uh, an, yet another fire at a, I think it was a um, Tyson or Purdue chicken place uh, processing plant here, I think it was yesterday. Uh, I heard AJ mention it on his uh, replay of his show this morning when I was uh, kind of getting things going before I started my day. <laughs> Sorry about that. I normally have my hand on the cough button, but today I didn't. Anyway, um, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that shows what's going on here is not coincidental by any uh, way, shape, or form. Um, we've got fires and food processing plants. We've got planes supposedly falling into them. And, uh, of course, no survivors, <laughs> probably no bodies to speak of at all because they're probably remote controlled. 
and who knows. But you got all kinds of issues like that. You've got uh, just when you thought it was safe to get back on an airplane because they've taken away the uh, face diaper requirements. Lo and behold, um, just as I thought, many of us, uh, as many as uh, 30% of U.S. pilots may have COVID-19 injection-induced heart conditions um, as a result of being forced to take these uh, COVID jabs. Uh, cardiologist and Wuhan coronavirus researcher Dr. Peter McCullough estimates that as many as 30% of pilots in the U.S. may have underlying heart conditions caused by the injections. Probably more than that. And that was one of many of the um, things that were known to be uh, a problem or a potential effect of these uh, jabs uh, two months at least before the things were um, introduced, you know, back on, uh, oh, good grief, I'll try to open the file and I moved it so now my system won't find it, um, do, 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 there we go, uh, just looking for this real quick, and I renamed it too, so. <laughs> oh man, I hate when that happens, um, shoot. Well, I thought I had it in a file file. Come on. Hmm. Oh, there we go. That should do it. Um, there it is. The FDA slideshow. The Federal Death Administration. Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee. October 22nd, 22, uh, 2020. Meeting presentation. And individuals using assistive technology may not be able to fully access the information contained in this file. <laughs> so in other words, basically, this is a slideshow that was given at the FDA on October 22nd, 2020. And slide number 16 lists 20, I think it's 22 general things. Uh, basically, it's the FDA safety surveillance of COVID-19 injections draft working list of possible adverse event outcomes subject to change. And I've read this before, but it bears repeating over and over again. Number one, Guillain-Barre syndrome, acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, transverse myelitis, encephalitis, myelitis, encephalomyelitis, meningocephalitis, uh, and meningitis, and encephalopathy. That's one topic or one bullet point. Uh, convulsions and seizures, stroke, narcolepsy and cataplexy, anaphylaxis, acute myocardial infarction or heart attack, myocarditis, pericarditis, so, uh, inflammation of the heart muscle and the uh, sac around the heart, autoimmune disease, oh, and right in the middle here, death. <laughs> yeah, that's a potential side effect. Uh, pregnancy and birth outcomes. And those are never good. Uh, about 82% of women injected with this stuff um, basically are experiencing late-term, uh, you know, normally a uh, miscarriage happens in the first trimester. These are not tri miscarriages. They're basically, um, what's the term, um, spontaneous abortions. They're happening in the last few weeks of pregnancy. And 82% of people that get injected with these things, pregnant women, uh, have some sort of uh, miscarriage or, you know, something like that. Not good at all. 
Other acute demyelinating diseases, non-anaphylactic allergic reactions, thrombocytopenia, disseminated intravascular coagulation or blood clots. We're seeing a few of those. Uh, venous thromboembolisms, more blood clots. Uh, arthritis and arthralgia, joint pain, Kawasaki disease. So far, no, um, no Suzuki's or Hondas, just Kawasaki's. Um, multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. That is a thing that has never had a name, never existed prior to these jabs. And of course, vaccine-enhanced disease. 22 different things, and if we break those down into the individual specific things, they represent about 120-some different illnesses that the FDA was aware of two months before these jabs being rolled out. And, of course, now we're seeing that in airline pilots because they were forced to take these jabs to keep flying. Joshua Yoder, a pilot and co-founder of the U.S. Freedom Flyers, a health freedom advocacy organization formed to help transportation industry employees oppose COVID-19 injection mandates, relayed McCulloch's words in, uh, during an interview. And pilots fear for safety of passengers as airlines continue to impose COVID-19 injection mandate. Good grief. In the interview conducted by Vaccine Safety Research Foundation founder Keith uh, Steve Kirsch, Yoder said McCullough told him in a prior conversation that if airlines conducted health screenings on their vaccinated pilots or injected pilots, 30% of them would be disqualified due to newly found cardiac issues caused by the COVID-19 injections. And you can bet they're not going to do that for two reasons. Number one, they would have to take these pilots out of the cockpit. And number two, the whole proper, you know, reason for this is so that you know, we'll have massive planes flying, falling out of the sky, killing lots of people. And that's all part of the culling of the herd that uh, the World Health Organization, Bill Gates and Fauci and everybody are behind. McCulloch has uh, been consistent in adv advocating for an end to uh, injections last year. Uh, he and several other critics of the experimental and dangerous COVID-19 injections gave the FAA several recommendations based on known safety concerns with the injections. These recommendations include medically flagging all injected pilots and decertifying and grounding pilots who fail cardiovascular health screening tests. These include EKGs, D-dimer tests, uh, troponin tests, uh, cardiac MRIs, and any pilots who otherwise show symptoms of an indicative of possible blood clotting issues and myocarditis or myocarditis. These symptoms include chest pain, shortness of breath, and decreased tolerance to exercise. This is all going to start showing up within a year because these guys have to take at least annual, if not more, more often, uh, flight physicals. And uh, this stuff's going to start showing up, and pretty soon the airlines are going to be way short of pilots. In the written recommendations, McCullough and his colleagues contended that the FDA, by allow allowing injected pilots to continue flying without the appropriate medical clearances, is putting both pilots and the general public at risk of death and or serious injury. Yeah, and this is why even though they've lifted the face mask uh, rules, I still won't fly. If I fly private, I'm going to demand a pilot who has not been jabbed, and especially if it's a single uh, person in the cockpit. If you got two people, I want at least one of them to be unjabbed and capable of taking off landing and that good stuff. 
Anyway, forcing pilots to take COVID-19 jab is going to end in catastrophe. In his interview with Kirsch, Yoder noted that most uh, prominent health issues being reported by injected pilots include chest pains, myocarditis, and pericarditis. Again, those were listed specifically in slide number 16, two months before these jabs were rolled out. A day before the interview, Yoder said three injected pilots called him to say that they were being forced to fly with chest pains. Another pilot was being treated for heart issues by a cardiologist. That is absolutely insane. Man, I'll tell you what. I'm afraid if we keep going down this path at some point, it's going to end in catastrophe, said Yoder, hinting at the possibility that one of these injected pilots could experience heart complications mid-flight, endangering the lives of his passengers. I believe that's already happened. If passengers actually knew what was going on at the airlines and and the FAA, they would be livid. Mm, Maybe, maybe not. Most people just are, they're too boobus Americanus to even care. It's the fluoride in the water. And they keep flying, I guarantee it. And everyone would be jumping on a class action suit against all of them. Yeah, right. Multiple pilots like Yoder are already, have already spoken out, experiencing health issues due to mandated injections. One captain, Robert Snow, we talked about him a, couple, a week or so ago, works for American Airlines, nearly died when his heart stopped mere minutes after landing his plane. Cardiac arrest was caused by Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 injection. Yeah. Another pilot, Greg Pearson, suffered a stroke after getting the COVID-19 injection under duress last year. Pearson said during an interview that if he had his stroke while piloting a plane, he could have caused a crash. Yeah, you think? Another pilot, Cody Flint, who flies on agricultural planes, was injected on Fe- in February 2021. He suffered a mid-flight blackout a few days after getting injected and said that he was only able to safely land by the grace of God. Yeah, he didn't even remember how he got down. <laughs> Flint was diagnosed with neurological disorder and, and that gives him severe headaches and vertigo, two problems he never had to deal with before he got injected. And, uh, good grief, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And uh, sudden uptick is <laughs> a video, it's, it's a um, Mike Adams video, so it's probably pretty long. Let me see here if it gives it time. Have you noticed the sudden increase in vaccine injuries and deaths among people that you know? People around you? I was on the radio show with Wayne Allen Root the other day, and he was telling me that he just got married, uh, I think, five months ago something like that. And he had a couple hundred people at his wedding. He said he estimated about 50 of those people were vaccinated because, of course, most of his friends are not vaccinated. He's a conservative. But he thought about 50 had been vaccinated. And out of those 50, he said that 16 were now dead or uh, seriously hospitalized or hospitalized with serious health conditions. That's about one third of the vaccinated people in just five months. Now, I I understand that's anecdotal evidence, but Wayne Allen Root, he's a serious guy about this issue. And he called all the family members of all the people who died to find out and confirm whether they're vaccinated or not. And he he did 
quite a bit of research on this to come up with those numbers. And the thing is, it's not just him that's noticing this. I'm hearing reports from lots of people who have close friends or family members or coworkers who took the vaccine, the COVID jab, the clot shot, and now they're experiencing heart trouble, chest pains, they're being hospitalized, and they're really, really sick. A lot of couples that got vaccinated are really sick. And when they catch something now, it doesn't just last one or two days. It's lasting two to four weeks. And the the degree of the sickness is really extreme. I mean, it's a lot of these people end up in the hospital and then, of course, they're murdered in the hospitals. So the chickens are coming home to roost. Those people who took the clot shots, who decided to commit vaccine suicide, well, that suicide is catching up to them. And it's, it's ugly to watch because we try to save all these people. We don't think anybody deserves to die, even if you're delusional about vaccines and science and medicine, and what have you. You still don't deserve to die, in my opinion. We try to save everybody. Try to say, you don't need to do that, you know. You don't have to die as part of the, uh, like a human guinea pig medical experiment. You can make a choice. But they wanted to believe in science. So they took the jab and then it turned their bodies, of course, into biological weapons factories. So these people who are mostly leftists, but not all, but primarily leftists, these people became bioweapons factories, which means they became biologically toxic. And then they began to shed onto others. They're shedding the spike protein nanoparticles onto other people. So they are, in effect, they're walking bioweapons distribution hubs. They are toxic to themselves and to everyone around them, physiologically speaking, which is 100% aligned with who most of these leftists are culturally as well. They are culturally toxic because they believe in child grooming and pedophilia and transgenderism, mutilation of children and all these things. They are toxic in every imaginable way. Most of them are anti-God too, by the way. So they're toxic in terms of spirituality. They're toxic to democracy because they always vote for the most destructive candidates like Joe Biden, who did get a few tens of millions of votes, not the 81 million that was claimed, but he did get some votes from these toxic people who are now dying in record numbers. I mean, right now we have over 1.1 million excess deaths in the United States since the vaccines began, and that number is going to skyrocket. It's happening now. I would imagine that by the end of 2022, we're going to have at least 2 million excess deaths. And I wouldn't be surprised if that number continues at about an extra million deaths per year for the next 10 years. That's right. We'll end up with probably somewhere around 10 million people dead from the vaccine in America over the next decade. And that's if they don't die first from the food scarcity, the starvation, World War III, you know, EMP attacks, nuclear terrorism or whatever else the powers that be have in store in order to exterminate the human race. But isn't it amazing how, how these leftists who really worship the vaccine and they worship Fauci and yet they turn their bodies into a shedding biological weapons factory, becoming toxic to the world around them in a physical way. And yet that's also reflective of how they've been toxic in every other possible way as well. Toxic online. That's why they're losing their minds, freaking out over the fact that Elon Musk is buying Twitter 
because without censorship, the left has nothing. If they can't censor, then they will lose every argument in every debate. Without censorship, they can't exist. Their entire fake narrative, the fake philosophies, fake facts, fake history, fake news, all of it crumbles under the weight of reason and evidence, real evidence, such as the evidence that the vaccines are killing people. So not only is their world, the left, their world is being destroyed partially by Elon Musk, which is hilarious. Their bodies are being destroyed from the inside. Their entire concept of what society should be is crumbling by the day. And partly because they are taking themselves out of this world because they are killing themselves and the people they hang around with. See, leftists tend to hang around with other leftists. So the people they're shedding on are other leftists for the most part. Remember the technology from the 1990s out of South Africa, self-spreading depopulation vaccines. Remember that? You know, that tech was built by the apartheid regime in order to exterminate blacks in South Africa to keep apartheid in power. That technology, part of it anyway, is what went into COVID vaccines. And what it means now is that white liberals are exterminating themselves using the very technology that was designed to exterminate blacks in South Africa. I mean, think about the cosmic irony of that, but it's true. They're exterminating themselves with a self-spreading depopulation, quote, vaccine. And this is a known area of technology called self-spreading vaccines. It's not exactly that, but it's close to that. It's, it's spreading via shedding, but it's not yet replicating at the second stage or the third stage of spreading. So you can kind of argue, is it really self-spreading technically? Well, it's definitely self-shedding. That's definitely happening. And so these leftists are walking biological weapons. And this is why they have to keep the booster jabs going, because the boosters are necessary to keep people shedding, to make sure the walking biological weapons continue to poison others and spread more depopulation nanotech bioweapons, you see. Because if the vaccines worked, you wouldn't need boosters. If the vaccines worked, you wouldn't need masks. If the vaccines worked, you wouldn't need censorship about vaccines, would you? Obviously, the vaccines do not work. At least they don't work to stop infections from spreading. They do work for depopulation. They do work in terms of keeping people sick, making people shed like snakes, shedding their skin, shedding nanoparticles and spike proteins, biological weapons literally out of their skin. These are skin-penetrating nanoparticles. That's how they also make other people sick around them. So it, it is a serpent-like behavior, which is not surprising. If you say, oh, these leftists have turned into serpents or snakes, yeah, it's, it's a very apt metaphor. And I guess with some of the transhumanism uh, gene alteration that's going on, it is technically correct to say they're no longer fully human either because some of the cells in their bodies are no longer representing fully human DNA. It's DNA from whatever's in SARS-CoV-2 and the spike protein payloads and so on. So these toxic leftist people are not even fully human, which again is not surprising because they haven't acted human in a long time, have they? They don't have empathy. They don't have compassion for human beings. They don't have the higher cognitive functioning of reason and rationality. 
they don't understand cause and effect. They're incapable of thinking as human beings would think. Thus, they haven't qualified as human for a long time. And remember, their entire goal is the complete destruction of civilization as it exists today. They want to destroy elections. They want to destroy democracy. They want to destroy freedom of speech. They want to destroy biology through depopulation weapons. They seek to destroy everything that counts. I mean, literally everything. And they're going to fail. The one thing they will succeed at destroying, however, is themselves. And the rest of us say, well, good riddance. These non-human, demonic, self-destructive, irrational, hate-filled, intolerant demons that are called Democrats or leftists or, you know, Marxists or what have you, they do not have a place in the future of human civilization. They have nothing to offer humanity. Nothing. They have no gifts. They have no compassion. They have no constructive ideas whatsoever. They just want to destroy and dominate. They want to enslave humanity and murder their own babies and kill people through starvation. So as they vanish from the landscape, because they remove themselves from the human gene pool, we can only, frankly, praise God. Praise God that we had the wisdom to choose a different path than those who are destroying themselves. I'm going to stop it there. Uh, related article, this is interesting. Former continent, or commercial airline pilot says Squawk 7700 emergency alerts have risen 12,400% in age of COVID vaccine and 5G rollout. Hmm. Something is happening to make in the skies above the U.S. and countries around the world, according to a former airline pilot who claims that emergency alerts have skyrocketed so much in the past several months that he himself worries about safety. Ah. <laughs> oh, boy. Something huge and really scary is going on with aviation. You can see for yourself, I'm a former airline captain. I am out of the industry, but I still keep tabs on what is going on. I have an app on my phone. It's a free app that you can download yourself. It's called Flight Radar 24. F-L-I-G-H-T-R-A-D-A-R 24. The pilot noted, according to Rumor Mill News, which published his account, one of the really cool features of this app is you can have alerts set up so that if an aircraft somewhere in the world declares an emergency... In the industry, we call it Squawking 7700. You can get a notification on the app, the pilot continued. Hmm. Might have to try that. I've had this app for years, and usually you would see one to four emergencies pop up in every month. That's how it's always been. Aviation is pretty safe. There's not a whole lot of emergencies worldwide on the monthly basis, the pilot continued. However... In recent months, that has changed very significantly, the pilot reports. But over the last couple of months, I have been getting notifications sometimes up to 10 times a day. I've already had four this morning, the pilot noted further. <laughs> Something huge and scary is going on out there, and nobody is talking about it. I'm seeing so many aircraft declaring emergencies on a daily basis, and I don't know what's going on. 
You don't have to believe me. You can download the app for yourself and set up the notifications. A lot of emergencies happening these days. I don't know if they if I want to fly commercially anymore, the pilot who posted anonymously added. Most recently, airline uh, airlines canceled flights ahead of the long-expected rollout of new 5G technology by ATT and Verizon over concerns that the new signals would interfere with the avionics of some airlines. Excuse me, some airliners, especially the Boeing 777, with uh, one airline executive calling the botched exercise um, one of the most horrific things he has seen over his decades in the industry. Emirates president Tim Clark said that the Dubai-based carrier was not aware of the issues until the day before the scheduled unveiling of the technology to the extent that it was going to compromise the safety of operation of our aircraft and just about every other 777 operator to and from the United States and within the United States. We're aware of the 5G issue, okay. We're aware that everybody is trying to get 5G rolled out after all its super cool future (laughs) of killing people, of whatever it may be, uh, communication and information flow. We were not aware that the power of the antennas in the United States have been doubled compared to what's going on elsewhere. Oh yeah, they're trying to cook as many people as they can. We were not aware that the antenna antenna themselves have been put into vertical position rather than in a straight slanting position, which then taken uh, together compromise not only the radial altimeter systems, uh, but the flight control systems on the, fl- the fly-by-wire aircraft. So on, the, on that basis, we took that decision late last night to spend, suspend all of our services until we had clarity. He added saying that the airlines would, uh, wouldn't take any risks except making sure the pilots were jabbed. He said, adding, I need to be uh, as candid as I normally am and say that this is one of the most delinquent, utterly irresponsible issues, subjects, uh, that is, call it what you like, I've seen in my aviation career because it involves organs of government, manufacturers, science, etc. There are also rising concerns that negative impacts of COVID-19 injections are affecting pilots and air travel, (laughs) as we just covered. Oh my goodness. It just gets gooder and gooder every second of the day. Uh, Let's see, American Airlines, we know that's Dr. Captain Snow. California-based advocacy group says COVID injection mandate for pilots violates federal law and puts passengers at risk. (laughs) No biggie there. COVID-19 jab pilots are suffering cardiac arrest, but the media remains silent to avoid creating a vaccine hesitancy. Oh yeah, we don't want people to stop taking the jabs because they're lethal. (laughs) We want people to keep getting them. An American uh, air pilot who almost died mid-flight from a cardiac arrest likely caused by Wuhan coronavirus jabs has come forward to share his story with the alternative media. Since the mainstream media is refusing to even touch the story, American Airlines Captain Robert Snow took the opportunity to talk to Stu Peters, and we've already covered that. In a nutshell, Snow is incensed about over the fact that the United States government is forcing pilots to take the injections against the law, just to be clear, in order to keep their jobs. Jabs are jobs. Where are we go? The root 
or the rule is egregious, tyrannical, and simply makes no sense from an epidemiological perspective that assumes the injections provi- actually provide protection, which they do not. Even more, what's the benefit to injecting pilots, Kirsch added. Um, it's not like the pilot is going to transmit COVID to the passengers. <laughs> the chance of that happening is close to zero. Suddenly, pro-vax versus anti-vax doesn't matter when the air- airplane you're in at risk is of is, is at risk of crashing. <laughs> Kirsch conducted an experiment to see which other news outlets picked up on Snow's story, using Google to perform a query both in the all search as well as the news search. Kirsch picked up zero stories from the trusted news outlets. Of course, there's uh, were a few in the all search on alternative media sites, but uh, not a single one from any major news source. In the news section in Google, not a single story about snow appeared at all. This is concerning because snow's incident during a recent flight could have caused a catastrophe resulting in mass casualties. It demonstrates the danger of forcing these jabs on pilots who, at high altitudes, could suffer serious health effects that affect their performance. God forbid this ever happens, but it already has. But if a pilot were to die mid-flight, and they already have, it would be up to the, another passenger, uh, to fl- safe, or another, another one, to fly safely or safely fly and land the plane the rest of the way. And if anything happened to the other pilot for the same reasons, it would be game over. Yep. Press California did pick up the story, according to one of Kirsch's readers. However, this is not exactly a mainstream source. It is difficult to say how many people might have seen the the headline and read the story. Another said that The Hill picked up the story and is planning to publish a piece about it. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. Can we somehow sponsor Mr. Robert Snow and other injured pilots from... uh, from various airlines to come out and participate in a panel discussion. Of course, the airlines will be laying them off, <laughs> so they will be require financial protection, wrote another. Given that this matter is actually uh, has the potential effect of people... I don't know what the... Given that this matter actually has the potential to affect people who would otherwise be uninterested in whether some stranger is injured by bad luck or not, I believe this event has the potential to become massive. Oh, yeah, you know, any plane you get on, (laughs) uh, according to one story, one of three pilots is going to have problems with their ticker. You know, so anytime you're on a plane, just look out the window at all the different planes out there and figure one of every three has a potential to fall out of the sky because the pilot had a heart attack. The same commenter went on to say that... uh, who in his right mind would care about anti-vax versus pro-vax if his plane was in jeopardy of crashing due to a jab injury? Widely disseminated, the story uh, might just get more people to think about the implications of these types of mandates. I don't know. Most people pretty much brain-dead and spoon-fed. If the number of injured pilots is as high as the gentleman claims we may have a chance uh, to change the public's mind, the commenter <laughs> further noted. Once the planes start crashing, you know, it'll be interesting to see how many, you know, if a plane crashes and uh, before then they got a radio call said the pilot just had a heart attack, uh, chances are 
that plane crash, they'll try and keep that out of the press. It'd be awful tough, but they'll probably do it. Oh, good grief. If number of injured pilots is as high as this gentleman claims, we may have a chance to change the public's mind. The commenter further added, Unfortunately, I think the only way knowledge and admission of the Vax's devastation is going to go mainstream is by your average Joe or Jane seeing it happen to themselves and the people they know so much that it will be in their faces left and right. The lady, oh, good grief, you know. Be interesting, but... Uh, I'm not real hopeful. I see these people just going along every day. See, even if it's on the news, they'll get on a plane and fly. Uh, COVID jab pilots are suffering cardiac cardiac arrest. Yeah, the Air Force. Oh, this is a good one. Air Force to waste millions of taxpayer m money by discharging trained, experienced pilots over COVID-19 injections. I like this. They've, they talk about the Air Force, but they show a picture of the Blue Angels, <laughs> which is Navy. Uh, these are F-18s. They're not Air Force planes. <laughs> oh, boy. The United States Air Force is about to throw away millions of dollars worth of taxpayer money by preventing trained and experienced pilots from returning to active duty due to their refusal to abide by the Joe Biden abominations Wuhan coronavirus vaccine injection mandate. Excuse me. Bioweapon injection mandate. Yeah, they're going to take, take all these trained pilots who are healthy and able to fly, get rid of them so that only jabbed pilots will be flying. And guess what? They fly over the U.S. too. You know, it's bad enough that they crash and burn some other country, but and when these guys have cardiac arrest, there ain't nobody there to do CPR on them or to, um, you know, take over the controls. They're going to crash. This is according to an ongoing lawsuit against the administration COVID-19 vaccine mandate for all members of the military. Lawsuit was brought forward by 36 members of the Air Force, the Air Force Reserve, and the Air Force National, Air National Guard. Of these, 17 are trained and experienced pilots. The group also includes experienced flight instructors, translators, and cyber warfare experts. According to the RAND Corporation, the Air Force spends about $5.5 million to train a single pilot. This means that the armed forces will throw away over $93.5 million of taxpayer money spent on training. Most of them are very senior pilots, and the notion that we would fire these pilots that the United States has invested tens of millions of dollars in is just outrageous. We are impairing our readiness, said uh, attorney Chris Kobach, who is representing the 36 service members. The thing is, the military don't care. It's not their money you know we'll just print more you know that's the way they look at it and that's the way the government is you know we don't need anybody we can just print more spend more you know especially biden i mean that dude's i thought obama was bad when it comes to increasing the debt but biden's beat him up made him look like a school kid most of them are very certain uh, okay i already did that one there are a couple uh, from texas who are full-time instructor pilots and the commander at the base is complaining that we aren't training enough pilots fast enough. Yet the military is forcing the removal of highly experienced, uh, highly trained pilots and forcing the removal of instructors who would train new pilots. It's just nonsense to do this. The military, in the name of readiness, is destroying our, its own readiness. 
Yeah, and it's, it's basically uh, making sure that everybody left is not ready. They're trying to have a 100% injection rate of our entire military, and guess what? When that happens, we're in bad shape. The 36 Airmen Kobach is representing all applied for religious exemptions, but were rejected. The case was filed in the U.S. District Court of Omaha in Nebraska, and it's seeking a preliminary injunction to halt terminations. Army could be forced to spend over $200 million to replace personnel lost due to man mandates. A similar situation can be seen in the Army. According to the figures released back in fe early February, more than 3,300 3, service personnel could be discharged due to the COVID-19 injection mandate. The sad thing is, is it's only 3,300. And this is the big problem. There should be a whole lot more. The whole, everybody in the military should have refused. That would have ended it. If everybody was refusing, they had to kick everybody out. <laughs> That'd be awful hard. But because the, the numbers, unfortunately, are low, okay, we'll just get rid of them. It's nuts. Uh, let's see. As of January 26, some 3,350 active duty soldiers have refused to get injected. Of those, 3,073 were issued official reprimands, suggesting they could have already been discharged by this time. According to the analysis of military spending, it costs around $58,000 to recruit, screen, and train soldiers in the Army. This means that if all 3,350 soldiers are discharged, the Army will be forced to spend $194.3 million of taxpayer money to replace them. Top-ranking officials in the Armed Forces claim enforcing the COVID-19 injection mandate is for the purpose of Army readiness. But as Kobach pointed out, losing many trained and experienced soldiers due to the mandate negatively affects readiness and potentially threatens America's national security. Yeah, when every single person's a time bomb waiting to have a heart attack or who knows what else. This is insane. More than... Uh, more about the learn. Okay, let's see. Watch this clip from Infowars as Owen Schwarmer talks about 27 top Air Force pilots quit. Yeah, that's okay. We will sally forth, move along. I still get a kick out of the fact that they're using uh, individual you know, pictures from uh, of Navy planes talking about Army and Air Force. <laughs> Come on, guys, get your technical stuff going here. Anyway, boy, I'll tell you what. It's nuts. COVID jabs increased stroke risk by 11,361%. I'll tell you what, between the jabs and all the stuff that's going on with the food supply, the cost of fuel, everything coming together, and I'll tell you what, it's a, perf you know, it's a recipe for a perfect storm. This, you know, like I've been saying all along, you better be getting ready. <laughs> Better, actually, you better be ready. You should have been getting ready years ago. Should be ready now because the crap is going to hit the fan. And uh, it's going to get ugly. Walgreens publishes data proving the COVID jabs don't prevent COVID. <laughs> That's pretty bad when Walgreens... Oh, good grief. One of America's most well-known pharmacy chains has inadvertently in admitted that Wuhan coronavirus injections are a farce in terms of protecting against COVID disease. 
positivity rate by injection status data covering a time period from April 23rd, 2022 to April 29, 2022, a little six days, <laughs> shows that the demographic with the least amount of positive test results for the Fauci flu is the un uninjected. The worst off group, uh, as you might expect, consists of people who receive two main doses of the COVID shot followed by a booster. Walgreens COVID-19 variant tracker claims that ever since January of this year, the predominant strain of Fauci flu in circulation is Omicron, or moronic. Before that, it was the Delta that was the supposed, supposedly in circulation. Hey, or how, how they know that uh, this... How they know this is anyone's guess, seeing that how seeing as how SARS-CoV-2 has never actually been isolated and proven to exist, let alone its many alleged variants and subvariants. People are testing positive for something fictitious, in other words, not to mention the fact that the PCR test is inherently fraudulent. It was never designed as a diagnostic tool and is actually just an amplification tool that magnifies whatever it is pointed at, so to speak. PCR revolutionized molecular biology, by, but its most notable application was in genetic fingerprinting, where its ability to magnify even the smallest traces of DNA became a major weapon in the first in the fight against crime. We filed a paper put together by Brownstone Institute. That's interesting. But, like a powerful magnifying glass or zoom lens, if it's powerful enough to find a needle in a haystack, it's powerful enough to make mountains out of molehills. <laughs> Do the injections contain COVID? <laughs> Whatever is being amplified with these tests is most prominent among the fully injected, according to Walgreens. Only 14.1% of the uninjected people are testing positive, while 19% of those who received one dose of the Fauci flu injection are testing positive. The positivity rate only goes up from there, with 24.3% of people who received two injections more than five months ago are testing positive. The figure is even higher at 27.8% among those who received three injections more than five months ago. This data would suggest that the vials contain the disease, whatever that disease is. It is clear that the figure, or from the figures that getting jabbed increases the risk of testing positive, so what are people actually getting injected with? <laughs> Nothing good. Most actuaries know this, wrote someone in response to the news that the fully jabbed are being uh, seeing the worst health outcomes, but math isn't science. <laughs> Another joke that the Walgreens data must first be run by government doctor Tony Fauci, who will decide for all of us whether or not it's true. <laughs> yeah. Six months into the November election to flatten the stupidity. <laughs> Joke another. <sighs> another ask if uh, COVID tests are capable of sequencing the test samples. If not, then how is the variant type being determined? This person wants to know. Walgreens will probably face an investigation for releasing false data. Oh yeah, the, the, the Ministry of Truth, whoever that bimbo's you know, running it, she'll probably go after Walgreens for putting out misinformation. That'll be interesting. Still another pointed out that many seem to have forgotten, what many seem to have forgotten, COVID injections were never touted as being able to prevent infection or spread. 
All the government claims to do is lessen the severity of an infection. And they can't prove that does it does that either. Though this remains an unproven hearsay that conflicts with the data. Bingo. If people would have paid attention, the person added, then they would have also know that the stuff is not a vaccine in the first place. It's a selection of individually distinct experimental mRNA-based drugs, and nobody actually has any scientifically precise description of COVID anyway. (laughs) Some of the listeners are starting to wake up and look at things. No doubt. Good grief. Oh, here we go. Rheumatologist. Significant vaccine injuries now reported in 40% of patients with a 12-fold mortality increase. And this is a rheumatologist, an MD, who specializes in things like uh, uh, arthritis, lupus, junk like that. Robert Jackson, a rheumatologist with 35 years of experience, has never seen anything like this in his career. Approximately 40% of his fully vaccinated patients now report significant injuries from the experimental COVID injections. Many of these injuries involve newly diagnosed blood clotting disorders. I'm surprised he's not kicking them out and firing them as patients. Even though the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, VAERS, is capturing record levels of vaccine injuries post-COVID injection. And keep in mind, they only get about 0.8% or less than 1% of all adverse reactions are ever reported them, according to a Harvard study. The numbers do not reflect the shocking 40% adverse rate uh, event rate being reported by Dr. Jackson. This is because vaccine injuries are, re- are being normalized, Doctors blindly trust that the injections are safe and they refuse to follow up and report the injection injuries that occur in their patients. This is why only 1%, which is it's actually less than that, of vaccine reactions are reported to VAERS in the first place, according to studies. Yeah, the most recent, most accurate is a Harvard study that says 0.8%. So, yeah. Multiply the numbers on VAERS by 100, and you'll be closer to actual numbers. Annual mortality jumps 12-fold after Dr. Jackson's patients take COVID injections. Dr. Jackson sees about 5,000 patients in a given year. Approximately 3,000 patients received at least two doses of the COVID-19 mRNA injection. Of these fully injected patients, 40% reported a significant injury, vaccine injury, or adverse event. Roughly 5% of the patients are still suffering a year later from a blood clotting disorder caused by the injections. Throughout his career, Jackson reported around one or two deaths annually. After his patients got the COVID injections, there was an unprecedented 12 deaths recorded. The false savior savior vaccine was neither safe nor effective and is causing a mortality spike that the doctor has never witnessed in his 35-year career. Around 1 in 300 patients were likely killed by the injections. That's not good. (laughs) 0.3% chance you're going to croak. The EULAR database published by British Medical Journal, corroborates these findings. In the, stu- if the, in the study, there were over 5,000 fully injected patients with rheumatic or muscular skeletal diseases. Approximately 37% of these patients suffered from adverse events post-injection, and 4.4% of patients experienced disease flare-up. 
after being inoculated. Disingenuously, the study authors concluded that COVID-19 injection safety profiles are reassuring because the majority of patients tolerated their injection well. <laughs> well, let's not think about the people that had problems. Most people did okay. Probably because they got placebo. <laughs> uh, saline solution. COVID injections may cause further damage to people with overreactive or compromised immune systems. Mm -hmm. Dr. Jackson is subcontracted, uh, is, yeah, subcontracted across the Midwest and travels to various hospitals to monitor patients. Hope he's not flying. Because he is not employed by a central medical institution, he cannot be forced to take these injections or be censored when he speaks up about the rate of injection injury in his patients. Dr. Jackson was able to get a more accurate record of vaccine injuries because he was free to speak about his observations, and he dared to do the follow-up work that many doctors are afraid or too arrogant to do. Dr. Jackson didn't blindly believe that the injections were safe, as was reported incessantly by the media and the CDC. He actually asked his patients what happened after they got the shots. Rheumatology patients are often referred to as immune compromised because they are they have overactive immune systems. And again, this is a fallacy of the MD mentality. Your body doesn't just wake up one day and decide to attack itself. <sighs> anyway, because of their pre-existing condition, these patients are told they are at great greatest risk for COVID complications and therefore must be injected per the CDC orders. However, according to Dr. Jackson's research, the injections are more likely to exacerbate their existing autoimmune condition and cause severe adverse events. In an Israeli study, patients with an existing autoimmune condition suffered even further after they were given a booster shot. The injections can exacerbate a, serious condition, a serious condition known as antiphospholipid syndrome. The vaccine-induced syndrome causes blood clotting in patients who already have autoimmune disorders. In the case series, neurology autoimmune disease following vaccinations against SARS-CoV-2, <laughs> the researchers found that COVID-19 injections exacerbate neurological autoimmune conditions. In a Scottish study, COVID-19 injection-induced thrombocytopenic, uh, thromboembolic, embolic, and hemorrhagic events in a German study, COVID-19 injections cause cerebral venous thrombosis. The event is overwhelming. The COVID-19, or evidence is overwhelming. COVID-19 injections are causing greater suffering and death. And they're not helping anybody. So, the hits just keep on coming. Man. New study confirms natural immunity provides longer, better protection against COVID-19 than injections. Well, when the, especially when the injections don't provide any protection at all. <laughs> Duh. Investigation. Planned Parenthood staffers aid and abet child sexual abuse and traffic in minors. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Shock. As Green Energy Insiders admit, 90% of supply chain does not exist to build electric cars. <laughs> uh. Man, just see what else. Ooh, food tips. 
Nine Ways to Preserve Meats at Home. Diesel prices reach all-time high. What will become of food production and transport? <laughs> it's going to get very, very expensive. But there's some good news. Mississippi officially bans COVID-19 injection mandates and passports. So that's a good thing. And they cover everything from elementary schools on up to colleges and the whole shooting match. So the only trouble is in their bill they give uh, uh, waivers to the healthcare industry, which is an oxymoron. They're not about healthcare. And the sad thing is, is they don't recognize that science doesn't change when you walk into a hospital or a doctor's office. If it's worthless outside, it's also worthless inside. And as usual, the people that should be screaming the truth from the uh, mountaintops are the ones that are the biggest Nazis of all when it comes to pushing this crap, and that would be the American Murder Association and all these idiot doctors out here. Oh, we've got to have face diapers in, in hospitals, and we've got to be able to make sure that people are injected before they can come in. We have to protect our patients. Well, guess what? The evidence is there. If someone's injected, they're more of a risk than someone who's not. But for some reason, you know, the medical lobby is powerful enough to make a change in important legislation. Sad. Well, anywho, what one at the hour mark. Anybody want to jump in, have comments about any of this stuff, or want to go in a different direction? Um, talk about what was being talked about at the end of Rogers show. Um, whatever you want, we're open to suggestions. Goodness gracious. Anybody? Got, uh, somebody's got their hand up. You don't, have put, you don't have to put your hand up. Just jump in. Unmute and jump in. Fellow Jitzer. And I think that's the one. Hello? Feel free. You just got to unmute. Or not. <laughs> but, uh, well... I'm just going to move right along. If you want to jump in, feel free. Uh, let's see here. I already did that one. Let's see what else we got. Um, I think I've updated here. There's a couple of things. What about SCOTUS uh, saying they're going to overturn Goldie Wade? Yeah, I saw something about that this morning. I have, all I saw was the, the headline. I didn't get a chance to really look into it. I'll believe it when I see it. You know, and, of course, if they do, um, you got a lot of background noise, Robert. Uh, thank you. Um, Edward, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Um, yeah, I saw that, and I, like I said, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. This is one that you may see, um, what's her chops, um, uh, Barrett, she may, being a Catholic, I don't know, she might go the right way, she may not, it's hard to say. I think she's, uh, they got her number with her kids. I think they just, you know, show pick, you know, slip her a, a, an envelope that has pictures of her kids playing around and doing things and uh, the indication, but it's a shame if something happened to one of these kids, you know. And I honestly believe something like that's already happened because she's done some real bonehead rulings that, you know, there's no, no reason for it. 
uh, if she's the supposed conservative that she claims to be. But uh, uh, we don't have a, ma a majority on the court by any stretch of the imagination. And the people that think the court's conservative enough to get a ruling to overturn Roe v. Wade, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. That's all I can say. The only funny thing about it, or two funny things about it, they're overturning it and then somehow it was leaked out to us before the uh, formal announcement. That's real weird to me. I'm real. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, you know, of course, then the immediate response to that was and there will be crazy outcries you know the liberal side will be freaking out and more than likely you'll see cities burning and uh businesses looted and everything else as a result because the, the loving kind tolerant uh left uh will do their normal thing which is anything but loving kind and tolerant <laughs> oh it's so funny how they can claim that we're the we're the people that love and care <laughs> as long as you're with us and if you're not then we'll attack but uh anyway you know it's it's going to get crazy you know if it does go through like i said I'll, I'll believe that when i see it this is something i wanted to play this is a greg reese report on the food control thing um of course there's going to be some kind of ad at the beginning let me see if i can mute it but I get this now. They've got these little dinging things. Just skip the ad, and you can't mute it. You can't do anything. Come on, there we go. Now, come on. During the 1990s, Monsanto Corporation's devastating attack against farmers, their genetically modified Franken foods and their neurotoxic pesticides inspired people to push government into legislating certification standards for foods. But thanks to Big Pharma, Bill Gates, and pop culture media brainwashing, Monsanto still stands strong and is ready to take complete control of your food supply with the help of the same powerful families and foundations who already control the money and the energy. Their plans to do so are comprehensively laid out in a recent report published at Cory Diggs. The indoor vertical farming industry, which is a highly innovative and efficient method, is being funded by Bill Gates and pushed by the World Economic Forum as a replacement to conventional outdoor farming. Aero Farms is the industry leader in vertical farming, and they also co-developed the first CRISPR gene-edited produce product and worked with the NIH to produce proteins for the deadly COVID vaccines. Aero Farms makes it clear that they are not conventional gardeners. They are all about synthetic food products, which is clearly the trend in this growing industry. Monsanto is creating specially tailored genetically cut seeds for these vertical farms. And the University of California is developing a plant-based mRNA vaccine that farms can grow in heads of lettuce, which happens to be the main crop of these new farms. These GMO farms already provide food at major outlets, including Kroger, Walmart, and Whole Foods, and are massively expanding. And it's not only fresh produce that's getting genetically modified. The USDA and FDA have already approved genetic modifications on pigs, salmon, and cattle 
and they have approved synthetic lab-grown meat. Bill Gates's Good Food Institute plans to reimagine meat production with $10 million of support from the USDA. But in order to make their big pharma food supply the new American model, they will need a major crisis. The 2020 lockdowns distressed the supply chain, which was further affected by U.S. sanctions against Russia. This has created a food shortage crisis. Add to that, over a dozen food processing plants have mysteriously been destroyed in the past several weeks, as well as major fertilizer plants during a major fertilizer crisis. To make matters worse, Union Pacific Railroad forces a 20% reduction in shipments from the world's largest fertilizer company. And when the people demand a solution, as it turns out, Bill Gates is heavily invested in alternative fertilizers and is also a chief stockholder of the Canadian National Railway, who claims to be helping the fertilizer market grow. Perhaps Bill Gates and Monsanto will volunteer to save everyone with their new gene-edited bacteria fertilizer. And maybe it will backfire like it did in Africa, when after 15 years of trying to help, all Gates and Monsanto accomplished was increasing starvation by 31%. But that's okay, because it's Monsanto bear to the rescue with their big pharma food factories, with brand new mRNA vaccine lettuce. And as if this wasn't bad enough, the stated goal of this new Franken-food industry is to make all food traceable. And that means coating it all in nanotech. Who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy can control whole continents. Who controls money can control the world. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. That's some scary stuff there. Lettuce with built-in vaccines? Hmm. <laughs> I want a salad of that. <laughs> Put some extra on my cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it never ceases to amaze me how Gates seems to end up in all this stuff. Railroads, you know, good grief, you name it. Somebody wants to say something. I'm hearing... Fellow Jitzer, I think, is unmuted, so what do you got to say? Go ahead. Speak or I'm going to mute you because there's background noise. <laughs> All right. Goodness, this board is acting weird today. You know, if you want to speak, go ahead and unmute again, but otherwise keep muted because you got background noise. Um, I'd love to have people's uh, suggestions or chat, you know, whatnot. Hey, Jim. Yeah, go ahead, Samuel. I think that was you. I thought this would be a good place for me to throw this in here. Um, sure. When it, when it comes to organic fertilization, mm -hmm. there's a... Uh, and it'd be great for John to chime in on this because I know he's the real expert. Not me, but I do a lot of reading and poking around in strange areas. Mm -hmm. And there's a thing called an azobacter. This thing is a large bacteria, tubular in form, that uh, as it munches on 
dead material or dying material, mm-hmm. it makes ammonia um, by pulling the nitrogen out of the air mm-hmm. and feeding the plants. So that's your nitrogen side yep. of your organic um, fertilization. And one of the best ways to achieve that is with a cover crop in winter of hairy vetch or rye. Hmm. And that preserves all the nitrogen that is there to begin with right. instead of letting the rain rinse it away. And the rye can pound down 10 to 40 inches in the soil and just open everything up and uh, make it more aerated and uh, breaks the soil down. So uh, you put that in the way. You, you, you basically cut that down and till it in 30 days before you plant. And then that, that azotobacteria, azotobacteria uh, converts that into endless amounts of nitrogen. Cool. And then for your uh, phosphorus, bone meal, and it can be used sparingly because bone meal is 15, has a 15 on that uh, mm-hmm. rating of uh of phosphorus so it's abundant and you don't need much and i can locally buy a 50 pound bag of that for 46 bucks and 50 pounds of fertilize or will go a long long way mm-hmm. and then for the potassium you use your wood ash but right. that's best to compost um before you bring it on into your garden soil just because of the alkalinity that it can create mm-hmm. but uh that's the way I remember. You remember me sending you that uh, photograph of those uh, tomatoes that were several stories tall? Oh, yeah. Monsters. <laughs> That's from his book. Man. This is how he generates the. He says that it'll create more nitrogen than you can afford to buy mm-hmm. um, by using this method. And then, of course, he has a compost system in that book where he tells you how he does it. He does. He says, I don't really have a formula. He says, but these are the kinds of things and experiences I have. And he says, every year the supplies might be a little bit different, but he's using green waste, dry waste, manure, and to create the heat. Mm-hmm. And you, you get that whole mixture up to about 160 degrees. It kills off all the old um, weed seeds and stuff. And it's... Uh, it comes out like uh, liquid gold for your plants. So just thought I'd throw that in there for people who are looking for organic ways to go. Yeah. I'd love to have John on here. I, I, I tried to get him to stick on last Tuesday and things went kind of haywire and I think he got tired of waiting. But um, I don't see him on here that I can see. But hopefully one of these days I'm, I want to get the, um, his address for his website again. And I've been waiting to hear that, if you happen to know it, or if anybody does. Uh, if, um, uh, if, if Murrah's on here and she happens to know it, um, I would appreciate it. Uh, Samuel, do you have the name of that book? Uh, Gary was asking for it. Um, um, I think it's World Record Tomatoes. It could be. And it's by Wilbur... Ooh. What's his last name? Hang on a second. I'll go inside. I can find it. Okay. He's a uh, he's an Alabaman. He's uh, lives in Crane, 
he lives on Crane Lake in um, probably not very far from uh, from Daryl, I would think. Daryl has the book. Pictures were uh, Charles very... H. Wilbur. <laughs> Charles H. Wilbur is the author, and it's uh, World Record Tomatoes. Okay, he, World he, Record he, Tomatoes by Charles H. Wilbur. Cool. Yeah, he he the the record that he won was were four plants, and four plants. Average two hundred and seventy-five pounds of tomatoes per plant, right? Yeah. yeah, and he says, "Well, not just for tomatoes. He shows relatively young fruit trees that are, you know, twice his height, and he's got a pear in his hand that weighs four pounds, huge watermelon, squash, etc. So this doesn't just work for tomatoes." Even though that is the book name, it uh, this is what plants need to thrive, and I would say the man has it down. And I've been trying to emulate him over the years, um, but right now that uh, the amount of water I need to pull out of the well, because I was when I had my full garden going, I was using about 250 gallons a day. Wow! And and my old solar system uh, wasn't able to pump that much. So now that, that one I, I introduced to you yesterday, mm -hmm. um, I could drop my well a lot deeper because I have a 600-foot hole, and wow. my static is around 150. Okay. So that will give me a lot of flexibility to uh, pump that down and not worry about it too much in this crazy drought we're having here in California. Until old Gavin tries to put a, a meter on it for you. <laughs> Well, that's it. where your sign comes in, Jim. It's it's going to be on the gate here probably there this you week. Go. <laughs> sign backed up with a twelve gauge and uh, who knows what else. Yeah. But, yep. Yeah. There I wish go. I had a vicious dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and some bears. You got bears out there. Unless the smart yeah, one I, probably I, left and went to I, Idaho. I, <laughs> I had about a 50-pound bag of wheat. I, I forgot. I left it sitting outside, and some critter dragged it about 25 yards and tore the bag apart and spread it all around for the quail. So mm. I see that's but probably Whatever that bear. was, was pretty big. <laughs> you probably got at least one of them around there somewhere. Man. I see them once in a while. I have not personally seen them, but neighbors have. And Bobcat, and oh, yeah. uh, we, he's a resident. He's pretty slick and sly. You don't see him very often. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, we got a lot of deer and turkey. Yeah. And that attracts them all, including the mountain lions, which I guess they go on quite the journey. They they make, like, a big round, yeah, according to what I... Yeah, a lot of ground. Yeah. So they come and they go. <laughs> Man. Yeah, we got a lot of deer and turkey here, too. We got a lot of turkey, both with and without wings. If <laughs> you get my drift. <laughs> oh, man. And the wingless turkeys, I'd like to shoot more than the winged ones, I think. But um, yeah. I'll what, a lot of goofy ones out here. But, yeah, the turkey flocks, man, I I drive down the street just, you know, my my general area and see a you know dozen, two dozen just in a field just having a good old time. But... Yeah, I, I think I've seen as many as like 48. There's this one little stream that runs through. For some reason, they seem to want to collect there. And there's a there's a huge oak tree there, too. So they probably roost there at night. 
But uh, for a while here, they used to roost here. I've got some of these things called, we call them digger pines out here. They're supposed to get like 45 feet tall. I've got some that are over 100. And they got huge, they got limbs the size of trees coming out of them. Man. And the turkeys love to roost in those things, I've noticed. Turbogannic. I think that's John's website, it looks like. Um, and thank yep. you to uh, fellow Jitzer and Equicentric for bringing that out. Um, I've been wanting to check that site out for a long time, and I never was where I could write it down or remember it. And I want to check that out, see if it's something to add to my, uh, along with my Bloomin' Minerals, um, just for other things other than just the nutri- the mineral nutrients. But... Um, yeah, turboganic.com, I believe, is his website. Would love to have John on here to talk about talk about this stuff. But, uh, well, one of these well, that, days maybe that, hang on. That bacteria, Azotobacter, is, doesn't seem to be very prevalent out there. But it sure does appear that if you, if you rotate that in, it's either the rye or the hairy vetch that you... Uh, you can create more nitrogen than, like he says, you can afford to buy. I can imagine. That's and pretty cool. I think the, I think the rye was is around fifty fifty uh, fifty pound bags, about a buck a pound. I think it was fifty six dollars a bag, but that goes a long ways too. You can, oh, yeah. you, with fifty pounds, you could, you could plant for several years. And it, from what I'm reading on this azobacter, um. You may not have to do that cover crop every year and still have a good, good source of nitrogen, but that'd be something for uh, to pick John's brain on. I've got a bunch of questions about it. I'd like to ask him. Yeah. Well, hopefully one of these days he'll hang around long enough to to get him on here and ask him about it. Yeah. Um, cool. I just found a thing on um, Alex's site, and I want to go back to what. Um, uh, Robert was asking about Supreme Court set to overturn Roe v. Wade leaked draft opinion shows. Uh, it's about a five minute video. Let's see what he has to say here. I've got ads. Got to skip. <laughs> I hate the way they're doing it now. They basically force you to sit there and there we go. Here we go. Um... So let's just get into it. Here it is your daily dispatch. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch for Tuesday, the 3rd of May, 2022. Supreme Court set to overturn Roe versus Wade leaked draft opinion shows. Barricades are already up around the Supreme Court building just minutes after reports from Politico were leaked indicating SCOTUS has voted to overturn Roe versus Wade. Incredible. A leaked draft of the Supreme Court decision reveals that the majority of the court has decided to overturn Roe v. Wade by by a vote of five to four, according to Politico, which calls it a full-throated, unflinching repudiation of the 1973 decision, which guarantees constitutional protections of abortion rights and subsequent 1992 decision, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, that largely maintained that right. Quote, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start, wrote Justice Samuel Alito in the draft which was circulated inside the court before somebody leaked it to the news outlet. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overturned. Now, no draft decision in the modern history of the court has been disclosed publicly while a case was still pending. 
the unprecedented revelation is bound to intensify the debate over what was already the most controversial case on the docket this term. So we'll get into who exactly leaked that, why they would leak it, and of course all of the reactions from across the spectrum. Just a quick reminder, uh, the whole thing was based on a lie. We've showed the video before. In fact, we'll let's try to find that video, guys. I forgot to put it in today, but uh, we've played it many times. It's the interview with the defendant or the whatever, Roe, right, the woman wanting the abortion, uh, admitting that it was all fake. It was all a lie. It was She claimed she was raped and she wasn't, and uh, it was all falsified. This whole decision was originally predicated on a lie. It's about time it gets reversed. Meanwhile, we have this story. Speed limiters will be equipped on all new EU cars beginning next month. On July 6th, all new vehicles sold in Europe, including the UK, will be equipped with a speed limiter as per new legal requirement to boost road safety. The new speed limit assist system will become mandatory on new cars in 2022, uses a forward-facing camera mounted on the car and the vehicle's satellite navigation system to identify the speed limit and, if the car is exceeding it, to restrict the fuel flowing to the engine until the vehicle is at the limit speed. My God, folks. Just... <laughs> Who needs to be a... Uh, independent responsible human when you have ai systems there to limit and control just absolutely everything that you do that's frankly horrific as far as i'm concerned project veritas has revealed that a government insider reveals suspected known terrorists walk free in the u.s after biden's afghanistan withdrawal project veritas on monday released records from a government insider revealing numerous suspected terrorists walking freely around the united states despite being flagged by the terrorist watch list they were brought in by uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan and then released and allowed to uh, walk free in this country, transported, uh, supported, housed, all courtesy of the U.S. government now actively importing terrorists into our country because why the hell not? This uh, coincides with this next story from Rachel Bovard on Twitter. So Biden's $33 billion funding request, quote, for Ukraine actually gives DHS the authority to put Afghan refugees and spouses and kids on a pathway to citizenship. Chuck Carlson uh, covered this pretty well yesterday, saying, do you see now why the people in power have no desire to end the Ukrainian conflict? It just gives them more power to do other stuff they want to do, using that as an excuse. Well, I let it go a little bit further because some of it was interesting. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I think it was interesting when he said that no other uh, opinion was leaked while the thing case was still being considered. Um, so take that thing with a grain of sand. It could be could be they'll come out and do just the opposite. They may say, "Well, yeah, this was not what it was supposed to be," and because of that leak, we decided to uphold Roe. <laughs> you know, who knows? But uh, like I said, I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Five to four, I don't know. I can't. I can't imagine that we would have that. You know that majority. Six to three, maybe. Five, five to four. No, I don't know. I'm just upside down. <laughs> hey, Jim. Six to three. Yeah, go ahead. Doug. Doug, go ahead. So, yeah. So, uh, one of the things as far as this uh, Roe versus Wade thing being leaked. And 
I think they'll probably turn it over to the states so that the states, I mean, uh, one of the things I saw early this morning was that they already had signs out there uh, uh, in front of the, the building, which had to be printed sooner, you know, professionally made signs, etc. So I think they're going to shift this over to cause uh, turmoil in the states. If they change it over to that, then no one's looking at them anymore. So now it becomes a state issue and all the illegal aliens, etc. Uh, you know, that can cause turmoil there. So that's that. Um, if I may, I wanted to talk, go back to uh, what Samuel and you were talking about with uh, turboganet.com mm -hmm. with John. Um, so I bought a, a couple of quarts of this uh, ingredient here. I, I have a friend who I helped build a 30 by 12 foot uh, greenhouse uh, hoop house. Okay. Yeah, a hoop a greenhouse. And so last uh, Monday, I, I was doing something else. I met him. I gave him the court. Okay. And and this guy's like a master gardener, although this isn't his full-time job. And so he's growing all kinds of crops. He's got other beds. He's got like 38 raised beds in the hoop house and in other places on his property. He said within three hours, he saw a change in the plant. That the plant started, uh, instead of drooping a bit, it, it, they were standing up. And what he did was, he told me, he said, yeah, when you give that to me, I'll do an experiment. I won't spray it on everything. I'll do certain beds and et cetera. So he did this. And uh, so that was a week ago Monday when he, that day he put it on his plants when I gave it to him. And uh, mostly vegetables, okay? And he said... Within three hours, he saw the plants he sprayed it on standing up, you know, being more vertical, not hanging over. And so today, um, when I visited with him, he showed me turnips and beets and radishes and onions and tomato plants and a whole other, just a, a whole uh, smorgasbord of plants. And he said, if you, he, he showed me like radishes, just as an example. He said, when, and this has been uh, about a week and a half now. He said, when I sprayed this on the radishes, he said, within three days, the leaves increased from being like uh, a nickel size they increased to being like almost as big as a, a, a tennis ball. And he said, these radishes have grown, they were like a nickel size, and they've grown, they were bigger, like one and a half times bigger than a golf ball. 
that's how fast this stuff worked. And and the same with the other uh, vegetables, the beets and the hmm. uh, yeah. So uh, I I went over. I haven't used. I just bought a quart of it for myself because I want to grow some rose bushes out front of my house. That's all. I'm not really a uh, gardener or a vegetable grower. But you might uh, want to think over that again. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, it's in the back of my mind. It, it's just where to put it. Okay. Um, but anyway, you know, he talks in terms of well, this shelf here is 200 plants, and and you're talking like a two foot or maybe a one and a half foot times um, five foot, 200 plants. And so he, anyway, like I say, he's a master gardener. So uh, I'm just saying, mm. uh, one of the other things, he bought um, a similar product from the uh, natural co-op that we have here in town, which uh, of which I've been a member for like 25 years. He said, I bought some of their product. And when you buy this quart bottle, there's like, an inch of sediment in the bottom. The rest of it is clear. And he said, what I noticed right off with this stuff, the whole thing, you can't see through it. It's it's dark, it's black, and uh, and it never changes. So, uh, you know, Mr. Pease, uh, working with John some years ago, you know, that developed this product, uh, you know, I'm recommending it. And I'm thinking about going back into, you know, doing something food-wise to grow my own food. But I'm just yeah, saying because they that. taste a lot better than roses. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where I'm starting. Yeah, the way things <laughs> are going, beauty. You know, I mean, I. I well, mm. anyway, I won't go into that. But <laughs> I, I'm just uh, in, uh, endorsing this product yeah it sounds great. good and and and, it, and his site is turboorganic.com with one end i and, believe uh, his so his name's john mm-hmm. i was looking for his number because i spoke with him he's easy to talk with and everything and and you don't have to buy product from him for if you have a, any kind of plant fruit tree whatever and you have a question he he uh he just wants to uh educate people cool. on uh what he and uh mr Pease uh, developed over the years so so when you place your order use the promo code doug <laughs> <laughs> and that was i stole that from <laughs> fellow jitzer in the chat room that was pretty good yeah, i don't think i have any gravitas there uh, uh no. this is just a cold uh um uh, testimony Yep. Well, I appreciate it, Doug. I was, I'm planning on using it. Uh, Gary, go ahead. Yeah, I heard Samuel talking about turkeys earlier. Uh, the state of Montana has now come out and said the wild turkey flocks in Montana are affected with avian flu. Oh, of course they are. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, somebody got somehow or another got uh, a turkey to take a PCR test, did they? Uh, yep. But I, they'll come out and, and tell us we can't hunt turkeys this fall or... If they're going to hire contractors to go around and kill them all. 
And it makes Either you wonder, it's a little harder with me. the wild population, you know, with the, they do the same thing with the chickens all over and uh, they kill thousands and thousands of chickens that way when it's, it's insane. That's, I mean, just all these things coming along, um, it just shows the, the insanity that we're living through right now. And I mean, these bozos are pulling out all the stops. But, but wait, wait, Jim. Wait, Jim. The, the the chickens and the turkeys have the right to fashion. You know, it is a fashion statement. A fashion statement. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Li listen, some people just like taking medications. Uh, you know, it's like it, it, that. This is how infiltrated it's become in our minds. The medical industrial complex. It's like it's like. You know, some people are like, well, what medications are you taking? Well, I'm taking a da 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 da. You know, like it's, like, yeah. you know, like it, like it's a, like it's a style, man. Like it's a fashion. I mean, mm -hmm. like ridiculous, man. Yeah, Doc Wallach used to talk about how, when uh, in the old days, he'd be going through the airports and talk to some old person, and they pull out their wallet and show you all their grandkids. Now, when you talk to them, they want to tell you all about all their scars and the surgeries they've had. And stuff. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh. You know, hey, yeah, I, wanted, I, I just noticed something about that book that uh, I guess the book Samuel just brought up, this Wilbur guy. Mm -hmm. uh, what's interesting is that uh, uh, I don't know if you listened just the other day when I, I brought up, I think it was yesterday maybe, kudzu. And I brought it, I yeah. was asking John from Utah about kudzu. Right. Well, on this, on this, uh, this Wilbur's, uh, here are his five main tips. The first one is kudzu compost. He yeah. says his secret ingredient in the, his compost is leaves from the kudzu plant, mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, you know. And you know, I'm not an organic, I'm not a, a, a botanist kind of guy, uh, and I very much appreciate anybody who can grow something. I, I, I know I got to work on that, but You'd but kudzu, I mean, there's something there's something kudzu. to this stuff. <laughs> that stuff is is unbelievable. It's some of the most prolific thing i've ever you go down south like roger was saying man it is everywhere and it just took over um and it's it's heading north it's just you know leaving a trail of destruction behind it um so but, so it has it said you know it's and what came to me because i knew i kind of knew that about kudzu i'd heard this about kudzu it's kind of like bamboo once uh -huh. you start it you can't stop it it just yeah. proliferates man bamboo everywhere grows like crazy in a day too i've heard up to 100 feet in a day <laughs> or 90 feet a day or something like that yeah bamboo's just unbelievable uh, yeah well I, I i'd studied it for a bit at 12 there's 1200 uh varieties of it mm -hmm. they even grow in the in the tundra the uh the surviving plant of the uh the atomic bombs in Nagasaki, there was a, there was a bamboo plant that survived. It didn't die. It kept growing. <laughs> and, uh, the fastest and, and bamboo is the fastest growing plant. The mm -hmm. Japanese clocked one at 34 and a half inches in 24 hours. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they were exaggerating or what. I heard somebody say bamboo over in Southeast Asia in Vietnam. He said, they grow up to 90 feet a day. I said, that's, I'd, I'd like to see that, but, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, well, here's, here's the thing about man, and one the bamboo. Day, good grief. <laughs> that's a lot the, of growth. The, man. The bamboo, that, the bamboo that's down in, in Columbia, and by the way, people don't know this, bamboo is a grass. It's yeah. not a wood. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And the bamboo in down there grows with it. Get this in the first 90 days, it grows a hundred feet tall and it's real straight. And from then it starts to mature. Now they've been using bamboo there, uh, for construction. Mm -hmm. So the construction grade bamboo is grows to eight inches in diameter, a hundred feet straight. And in three years, it matures to the point of harvest for uh, construction, and then they have to treat it so the the, the bugs don't get it. Mm-hmm. It's like a pressure yeah. soap kind of thing uh, with some ingredients process. in it. But then it then from then on, it starts to petrify, but it never fully petrifies. But it 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 so it's 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 stronger than steel. By weight and it's but it's and it's tensile but it bends, mm-hmm. continue it still bends as 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 old as it gets. So anyway, pretty interesting. Yeah, it's amazing. Let's see, fellow jitsu said kudzu root can be used as a sauce thickener. Yeah, and recall corrected something or other for the gut. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, plants are amazing things. And kudzu is crazy, so I'll tell you what. But yeah, it's uh, supposedly got a lot of nutrients in it. You know, again, depending on where it's grown. Back to Rogers or Robert's question. Another article on uh, Natural News: Scotus poised to overturn Roe v. Wade. Baby murders to erupt in demonic anger and violence as their right. In parentheses or quotes, to violently murder their own children about to be stripped away. Yeah, and like Doug was saying, if they if they put it into us back to the states, that can really freak things out because of course then you'll have people in one state crossing that can't that have that's illegal crossing the borders to go to another state to get one and all the other junk that goes on. It's you know who knows what's going to happen, but like I said, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, but it, uh, now the demons come out for all to see. The pro, pro-abortion baby murderer advocates are already erupting in madness and anger over a leaked draft of the U.S. Supreme Court decision that, if published, would overturn Roe v. Wade and end federal protections for abortion. Because the right to murder their own babies is the pillar of the violent, demonic, life-destroying left, they are right now losing their minds over this, organizing protests and taking to the airwaves to denounce anyone who seeks to protect their, the life of an unborn human child. Of course, you know, that's right up there. You know, everybody's freaking out about uh, Musk and Twitter and this deal and who knows what else. What do pedophilia, transgender gender genitalia mutilations, grooming and abortion all have in common? They're all aggressively demanded by the left, Democrats. Just about anything that mutilates a child, rapes a child, murders a child, or disfigures a child is 100% supported by the evil leftists who absurdly call themselves pro-choice. <laughs> That's about right. But the child gets no choice at all. If we don't protect the life of the uh, and choice of the unborn, then we value no life at all. And left-leaning states can still remain baby murder capitals even if Rose overturned. A defeat of Roe wouldn't outlaw abortion nationwide, by the way. It would merely end or send the issue back to the states to decide their own on their own if they wished what they wish to do about legal framework of abortion. Without any doubt, left-leading states like California, Illinois, New York, and Maryland would double down on their child murder 
and even become abortion tourism hubs, yep, that accept pregnant women from other states who wish to murder their own children. What SCOTUS is simply saying in the leaked draft is that Roe v. Wade was never passed as a law, and thus never properly debated or supported by the people and their representatives. The original 1973 decision was overreaching and smacks of the kind of judicial activism that leftists always demand for their hot-button abortion issue, or hot-button issues. If states like California want to affirm the right of abortion factories to engage in the serial murder of human beings, they will still be able to operate as murder hubs and accomplish the demonic, ritualistic sacrifice of human children that they desire. The abortion industry is steeped in Satanism, human sacrifice, organ harvesting, and worse. Naturally, all those engaged in abortion practices will one day have to answer to God, but at least with Roe overturned by SCOTUS, many pro-life states can declare themselves to be protectors of human children rather than murderers. God's wrath against America may be redirected only to those states that declare themselves to be baby murder factories. Hold your ground and denounce the baby murderers. Call them out for what they truly are, demonic murderous entities who fail the test of being fully human. So there, you know, it pretty much goes along with what Doug was saying. Um, and again, we'll see what happens. But uh, here's a new one. Say what? Western perversion. British midwives now being taught how to deliver babies through male genitalia. <laughs> that should be interesting. Ooh, that would hurt. My goodness. Good thing that'll never happen. But why on earth would they be teaching mid mid midwives how to do something that's physically impossible, never going to happen? Students enrolled in the Edinburgh Napier University are now being taught that men can get pregnant and deliver babies through their male genitalia. Yes, the transgender delusion has become so ingrained in the minds of some that they think a human baby can pass through a man's penis. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that would give new meaning to the term pain of childbirth, and men would take over on that one, I think, <laughs> if it was actually true. A new skills workbook released by, uh, by the school claims that birthing persons with a penis can birth humans, and that midwives in training need to know how to use catheters for both female and male anatomy in order to make a trans pregnancy successful. It's important to note that while most times the birthing person will have female genitalia, you may be caring for a pregnant or birthing person who is transitioning from male to female and may still have external male genitalia. Well, I got news for you. If that's the case, that person ain't never going to be pregnant. <laughs> the document reads, uh, The school later advised, or revised this statement on its website to read female to male. <laughs> well, in that case, that wouldn't fit either, as opposed to male to female, claiming the original wording was a mistake. If left intact, however, all other references to the penis and other parts of the male anatomy, such as the prostate gland... <laughs> 
the ENU, the anyway, that Edinburgh University thing, also inserted an additional section claiming that female to male transgender patients may, in some cases, have to give birth to a baby through an artificially constructed penis, <laughs> which will rip it right off, uh, depending on how far along they are in the transition. Good grief. LGBT Foundation orders midwives to stop using gendered language like breastfeeding and vaginal birth. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Yeah. I can hear you. Hello, hello. Well, you can't hear me. I'm trying to see who it was. Um... Do, 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 do. Hmm. Hello? Jim, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead, Robert. Okay. I think we lost okay. it for a minute. Yeah, Jim, you're down about 15 seconds. Really? Yeah. That's that's yeah. odd, you know, because my system showing it wasn't muted or anything. More than like, well, um, and the stream wouldn't affect Jitsi. Don't know what happened there. But uh, anyway... <laughs> Yeah, I'm hearing everybody, so whatever. Hopefully I'm back now. Uh, yeah, LGBT Foundation orders midwives to stop using gendered language like breastfeeding and vaginal birth to avoid upsetting transgenders. <clears throat> How can a foundation order midwives to do anything? Elaine Miller from the Chartered Society for Physiotherapy came out in opposition to the guide, noting that the midwifery instructions contained within it are biologically incoherent. You think? <laughs> Miller also warned about the potential negative side effects for so-called trans people who try to give birth to babies while pretending to be normal like everybody else. It's not possible for a male person to get pregnant, Miller stated plainly. A female with a gender difference can become pregnant, but will not have male genitalia. And if they put some kind of fake piece on there, it's going to get ripped off when the, when the baby comes out, guaranteed. Most females who use testosterone at doses used for transition will develop vaginal atrophy, um, she added, noting that the biological female transgenders could suffer new types of birth injury, such as a rip or tear. Ooh, have their own episiotomy. Anyway, uh, fragile tissue of an atrophied vagina may be unable to stretch to accommodate a baby's head. That would be ouchy. Dr. Susan Bewley, B-E-W-L-E-Y, an emeritus professor in obstetrics and women's health at King's College London, has likewise spoken out against the new trans guide. <laughs> oh, heaven forbid these doctors talk about real science and anatomy. They'll get stomped on. These materials are the opposite of high-quality training that patients need from midwives and doctors, she said, explaining that many women who undergo transition surgery to become men... They aren't becoming men. They're just altering their outward appearance. They will always be female, or males will always be male, regardless of what they do to their plumbing. Also, get a hysterectomy, which makes it physically impossible for them to give birth, ever. The project may have arisen from compassion and, and euthan... 
enthusiasm, but the uh, but it is worrying that the writers don't seem to know, care about, or check facts, Bulisa added. The LGBT Foundation, meanwhile, published a government-sponsored, a.k.a. taxpayer-sponsored report, and it is supposedly a conservative government, <laughs> just to be clear, ordering midwives to stop using female-specific language when talking about childbirth. Well, they should tell them the government to go screw themselves, see if they get pregnant. <laughs> Instead of calling it breastfeeding, for instance, the LGBT Foundation would prefer that midwives call it chest feeding. Oh. <laughs> Referring to vaginal birth as is also off-limits, it should be replaced with frontal or lower birth. According to the group, frontal birth or lower birth? I guess frontal birth would be maybe a C-section? Lower birth, a vaginal birth? <laughs> oh, goodness. Traditional terminology may induce dysphoria or discomfort for trans and non-binary patients. Tough. <laughs> you want to be different? Be different. It's important to emphasize once again that biologically and factually speaking, only real women can get pregnant and deliver babies. That's correct. <laughs> No amount of tampering, tampering with hormones and body parts or politically correct language will ever, ever change that fact. First, if you have to prove to me, uh, first, you have to prove to me that men can get pregnant, wrote a, wrote a commenter at News Punch. Show me one true male that has become pregnant, not a female who identifies as a male. Jesus cannot get here soon enough for another. <laughs> Amen. Woohoo. That's for sure. Oh, my goodness. And, like I said, once again, truth is stranger than fiction. You can't make this stuff up. Absolute insanity. And we've got about seven minutes to go. If anybody else wants to hop in with any comments, questions, anything like that, feel free. It's just getting nutsier and nutsier. <laughs> We're up to 4,113 fetal deaths in VAERS following COVID-19 injections, not including those murdered alive to develop the injections. Good grief. You need to be thinking now about bartering. Yeah, I've been talking about that too. Bad news concerning the supply changes keeps coming. Organic Prepper published an article on the Russian fertilizer export ban not too long ago. We also covered the fires engulfing major food distributors in the U.S., Shanghai, and the world's busiest port has been locked down with no end in sight. And inexplicably, Union Pacific has mandated a 20% volume reduction for its freight cars that should be moving fertilizer around the country this time of year. Add to this the apocalyptic drought in the western U.S. and rampant inflation, and it's easy to get overwhelmed at the thought of what will happen this growing season. However, it's still early in the growing season, and it's still too soon to despair. But there'll be plenty of time for despair down the road. But we should be planning for a rough couple of years ahead. <laughs> I got a feeling probably longer than that. Bartering will come back with a vengeance. The dollar may not be the world's reserve currency that much longer. Between pumping trillions of dollars into the system over the past two years and trying to get use the dollar to isolate the Russians, even CNN admits the dollar is in trouble. Our government is far too interested in centralized digital currencies for my personal comfort.
same here. And the thing is, the more we're outside the central government and their centralized stuff, the better off we'll be. Um, get yourself a hyperverse account so you've got a, a steady flow of stuff coming in that you can use to buy things with crypto down the road. Um, boom, 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 boom. Interesting angle from Jim Stone. Looking at this from Gary in the chat room, they overturned Roe v. Wade for the explicit reason that the abortion stats or states are going to plummet due to how many women can't get pregnant anymore after the vax ah, that's another point and they don't want people asking questions so to cover it up they banned abortion it's as simple as that this did not come out of the goodness of their hearts it was explicitly done as a cover-up that's a good possibility yep because hey, Jim. yes sir Go yeah ahead, i wanted buddy. to add something to uh the woman that came on roger's show there's a lot of things i really wasn't aware of i'm greatly appreciative of that but i knew a lot about birth and the placenta and this kind of thing many years ago and i've actually witnessed uh, one of the things was that was mentioned was that um the the uh i i i the umbilical tube i think it's what it's called uh cord you know uh, th that the baby feeds off of during gestation mm -hmm. uh you know it's naturally it's supposed to stay attached to it it's on the belly button that's what the belly button is okay mm -hmm. and it stays attached to that and the baby um for however many days and what's coming to the baby is actually uh, not only food sources and vitamins and minerals but uh immune system ingredients mm -hmm. and so the woman naturally is, um, the natural process is that you're supposed to wait to uh this tube stops pulsing and once it stops pulsing it's it is uh finished the process of feeding the infant what it needs and and then it basically turns brown and falls off um you know i've seen that with the babies too where the tube has been cut and then um, the part that part of that on the baby it just uh, the bell it's on the belly button and it just uh, turns brown and falls off and everything's fine and dandy and of course in the hospitals they want to cut this thing right they clamp as it soon as they can mm -hmm. yeah that guarantees some, the future customer. Some practices that are early as 30 seconds. Yeah. Yep, guarantees yeah. the future customer. They're not getting all the stuff they need for their immune system, and basically it, it sets them up for a lifetime of, you know, visiting the MD. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sick. That's, that's all there is to it. Just one more thing they do, and you would think that uh, doctors would be trained in the proper birthing of a baby but nope they're told exactly what to do so that they can have them from cradle to grave literally 
it's it's nuts. That's another reason why you should have your babies at home be neutrified so that you don't have to worry about complications. Have the babies at home with a midwife. Don't get a birth certificate. Don't get a social security number. Don't get all the shots and the jabs and everything else. And you'll have a healthy baby. One who never has to see a doctor instead of one who sees one constantly. But, you know, that's just my not-so-humble opinion. But anyway, we are pretty much out of time for today. It's been fun. And uh, still got quite a few people on the board. So hopefully uh, you got something from it and enjoyed it. And uh, either that or you just didn't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> and I don't think that's the case. There's a lot of different places out there, things you could be listening to. So I, can, I appreciate you sticking around. But uh, anyway... Take care of your bodies because it's the only place to have to live. We will be back tomorrow. And uh, haven't heard from uh, Mike as to Thursday's uh, deal yet, but I'm sure it'll be good. But anyway, we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. God bless. Try to remain humbly grateful and not grumbly hateful. We will see you then. Take care. God bless.